Happy We Met, Episode 8. Today's guest is Maggie Connors. After spending half a decade working in brand management for Pepsi and Starbucks, Maggie moved to California in order to live in a state with legal cannabis and get her MBA from Stanford. In 2017, she launched Besito with branding that was way ahead of its time and quickly made Besito one of the most well-known brands in California. In this episode, we discuss Maggie's journey with Besito, from developing supply chain relationships to her recent acquisition with Spark. Maggie, you rock. This is Happy We Met. So, we are here, smoking joints, on the back patio <laughs> of um, Maggie Connors, founder of Basito, uh, VP of brand and marketing at Spark, recent, we'll talk about that, how we met, actually, um, and uh, enjoying a beautiful LA night, and uh, looking forward to talking about a little bit of her journey, and... Uh, how she built the cool LA-based cannabis besito uh, pre-roll brand. And that's well, it's so interesting that I even said a pre-roll brand. We'll talk about that <laughs> little slip at some point too. But um, yeah, why don't you just say a little bit of a hello and uh, uh, who are you, Maggie? Also, that Michael's hanging in the hanging chair. It's quite the vision. I am in the hanging chair. <laughs> Um, thanks for having me and on my porch. <laughs> um, yeah. Where, what, sorry, what's the question? I just said, who I are begin? you? But I mean, that's pretty vague. Who that can get, I? that could get deep really quickly. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, we could just get to it realistically. Uh, I am curious about, um, why do you want to start a cannabis brand? That's maybe a little more yeah. direct and gets us going. The, um... The main, let's see, it was, it started with moving to California, grew up on the East Coast, and I've always loved cannabis, but it wasn't until moving to California in 2014 um, to go to business school that I, it sort of even (laughs) crossed my mind as a career. Um, Where'd you grow up? Connecticut, and I lived in New York. Uh, before California. California. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you're never leaving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, land of legal weed. So that was it. It was, it was I, you know, I, I and everyone else saw recreation, recreational um, cannabis on the horizon. And, oh, but it was further than I thought. Now that I think about that horizon, you got to squint a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, and, and I'd always loved cannabis and I had worked in, in consumer packaged goods and brand and really saw, um, the industry trending that way. Everything from wholesale business model to, um, brand and product development and segmentation. What do you mean by heading that way towards brands? At the time there was this debate if it was going to be like pharma or brand driven um you know obviously now but yeah i just saw and i just saw such an opportunity to share a different point of view of course i got my medical card i got obsessed with learning everything about the plant meeting everybody i could in the industry 
Were you doing this at business school? Yeah, exactly. During business school, which is... So you're like, hi, I'm a Stanford MBA. Uh, <laughs> what chronic are you selling <laughs> exactly. uh, today? <laughs> exactly. Um, it was super interesting. Some of the earliest folks I met are still uh, great friends, mentors, investors, advisors. So it was a very special time. Uh, Twilight Zone kind of now. And when was this? This was like 2015 is when I started going to meetups and got my card and spent time in dispensaries and like tried all the brands and, and saw all the pain points from my point of view as far as, of course, dosing and um, the semantics of products and how how misleading they are and then how we're not misleading. They are they are intuitive. You know, people are used to eating a cookie and it was like, if you looked in the details, you're supposed to cut the cookie into 20 pieces. <laughs> and that's not intuitive dosing. So, um, and then on the brand side, of course, it was a pretty narrow point of view of this counterculture that's developed um, under prohibition here, which I love and, and consider myself part of since I've been consuming. Um, but... But yeah, it was it was very potent. It was super masculine. It was scary, and I wanted to show a different side that was like accessible to my friends. I and so besito means little kiss. The original plan was always intuitive dosing. Um, so yeah, that's so, how. So what made you think from that intuitive dosing? What what was the bridge from intuitive dosing to pre rolls? Our take on the pre-rolls is that they're small, the minis. Um, at the same time, we also had to evolve that proposition for what the market wants today, which is it's a higher sort of tolerance, more frequent user, most of the market, than this like can of curious that um, it's coming in much slower, I think, than, than I expected, at least. And for a million reasons, it all makes sense now. Than many back. expected. <laughs> I, I own canacuriosity.com because oh. I was like, oh, these can of curious <laughs> people are going to come in droves. And, uh, but no, I agree. Yeah, it uh, hasn't quite panned out over the past few years, as was no. anticipated by many. You aren't the only. Exactly. Though I do think it's uh, especially true in California versus some of the some of these markets that were sort of truly a new market. And there was a lot happening in California already yeah, before the passage exactly. of, you know, 215 passed in 96. Exactly. So. It was almost $3 billion industry. And so, um, yeah, it's been. So it's been I, I've right. said the pre-rolls twice, but was the pre-roll the first or was the cartridge actually the first product you rolled out or did they all come out together? It's interesting, the products. <laughs> like, I'd love to tell you some strategic... What was the first one that came out? Yeah, I'd love to tell you some... So, originally, um, I wanted to create a beverage, because I come from the beverage world. But I also... I mean, I had concepts across categories, and I, and I thought we could really sort of stand for cannabis in that person's lives, in, in, in the right categories that we could, like, earn, so to speak. Um, but really, and so I, my original pitch deck had four different categories. Uh, that being said, it, I'd love to tell you some story about like how we rolled them out, but really supply chain 
drove how we rolled them out. It was like, I was like grasping at straws to connect dots with no licenses. And so it was like every single step I was paying up, which ultimately is, is what did not work um, along with a few other factors. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean by that? Since I don't have a license, I'm paying everyone else to make margin, it you're paying exactly. yeah grow manufacture distribute and then sell and so um and then with the sort of extreme pricing pressure a few years in still um it wasn't sustainable and and not really what i wanted for the long term ultimately it's better to have full control and have your products in-house not only for kind of quality and authenticity but innovation and um ip and so it just i guess i didn't expect it so soon but it makes it's it's been great i'm sure so but what was so what was the first you know do you remember the first po do you remember what was uh what were the first products that you sold under the besito name yeah so we developed um a vaporizer and we made custom hardware, which we patented. So it's a hexagonal, and it doesn't roll off the table. And it's brass and sort of very cute, like an accessory. Um, but that took a ton of time to develop that and get it working. And then the next step was getting my manufacturer, extracting partner, to work with the unique hardware that's never been used and it was just like everything we were doing had never been done and it felt that way <laughs> <laughs> and you had to explain and it I, to every single person and it was so difficult and everyone and of course then just like your regular cannabis pains of like things changing quickly laws changing quickly management coming and going licenses sort of coming or going or never coming um so yeah, it was it was wild, and and that was our first product, um, which we launched in summer 2019, which was VapeGate. So that was a rough way to launch. Our first store was LAPCG. Nice. Yes. Shout out to Michelle and Jen, um, who were amazing, and Michelle now at Sweet Flower, who's still awesome at at launching brands, and I think that's really cool because I know how competitive it is. So that was awesome, and then we got into Flower Next, and, and so we launched the Minis a year ago. Nice. And so what you, you went with the vape. Um, was there anything that was intentional about the oil you went with, or did you have any direction? What was, you know, because it seems like this whole premise of a low dose. So how yeah, did you uh, exactly. get that so, going? <laughs> so low dose, um, we had low THC. We had 40% THC. Um, we had... And it was a two to one. We had 20% CBD. We were flavor forward. Um, we had a really nice mint grapefruit and and like a uh, blackberry kush sort of, you know, inspired by. Um, and yeah, it was it, it was too early um, for for a time when people were excuse me. It's the ferocious bodyguard. Yes. Um, when people were trying to fill uh, vapes with as much THC as possible. 
I know, right when you said 40%, I was like, ooh. Exactly. And and then, honestly, the, the hardware, the product, it was like, it was um, super fresh, but it was sort of shocking, I think, from people used to, like, selling, you know, um, jars and, like, whatever. It was it Or, was if sort anything, of, just the, like, 510. Yeah, it was sort of... Um, overdone almost like obviously that was the inspiration from thinking about other categories and beauty and just like thinking about a a brand consumer experience today but but cannabis is a different market and so yeah it was sort of like why is there 40 percent thc in it why is it gold (laughs) um yeah so that's wild. So, and then, did you have to source that? Was that difficult to find at the time, and like find a partner where you were like, "Hey, we want so low THC. We want you to mix it with CBD. We want you to do all this for us and make them and put them in oil." Did you like yeah. search around? So How did I mean? So difficult. And then, of course, it was the worst timing in that it was. Um, it started at the beginning of 2017, so it was kind of any players that had been in were like should be winding down and then waiting for the new market and then waiting for the licenses which took a year and a half is still happening you know so anyways it was getting someone that was licensed (laughs) would um could produce what we wanted to make and i was going for these very like custom things uh which was a lot to ask um and toll processing wasn't really a thing. And deals. That was the next people thing. Were just, people were just making their there own were, product, right? Were, that was, like, yeah. what was happening at this time. Some people were, like, doing it on the side, but the, the deals were, like, egregious. And it was just, like, it was not sustainable. No one really knew how to do it, and it was no one's priority. It was probably when there was open space. Very few people were just contract manufacturers. Um, yeah, so that, that really... I'm so grateful for the partners we did find, but it was, um, it was, it was rough. It was rough for everyone at the time, the transition, of course, um, but especially doing something kind of a different, this different model. So what, um, so then it did, did you say, you know, you launched the vape during Vapegate, you mm-hmm. said, so um, that's no good. Um, you then roll out the joints, uh which would you say at this point is more what Basito is known for two years definitely, later? Definitely the joints. The vapes were just kind of paused. It, it was as, as <laughs> aforementioned. Um, and so, yeah, we've been in flower for the last year. And now, of course, we've got amazing spark flower. Yeah. How would you source your flower before? It was also difficult because it was summer 2020. And we were in like that huge dearth of cannabis. <laughs> Prices were super high, and we wanted outdoor, and we're in L.A., and it was, I think that was a a barrier to relationships, and, you know, it takes time. Um, So we we ended up with a few trusted partners, but it definitely took time to find them, and, like, tribulation. I'm sure. Did you end up sourcing from the same couple farms? towards the end or yeah honestly, was it always an ongoing uh little thing rotation we only did like one or two um runs 
excited for the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, we did. We did partner with with the same farms. Um, so it was cool. It's awesome. What has been some of your favorite parts of this whole thing? I mean, you uh, uh, obviously had a very different career path and then switched into cannabis. What have been some of the uh, most, wow, this is totally cool and totally crazy that this is what I'm doing yeah. with my time I mean, moments. So, so much. 420 planning meetings. I mean, it's never trademark, contract, appendix that say, like, fuck yeah, and <laughs> strain names all the time. Um, it is, it, I, I always say it's a privilege to be in the cannabis industry. And so that's ultimately what. But I, I never finished that loop. But what got me, I was like, oh, I'm going to go all in after graduating. Um, was not only like my love for design and consumer and cannabis, but the history of this plant and the inequities um, and the idea of uh, building a legal industry on top of a legacy market over cannabis. And so. Anyways, getting in and leading with values and partnering with other folks and sort of doing it right has always inspired me. And we we used our Besito brand platform um, that way a lot. And yeah, it's it's a privilege to do whatever little we could. And um, that my my whole team was so passionate about it. And to be able to have such an authentic brand where it's just really a reflection of us and what we feel and we would just make decisions on the spot um, and could be nimble like that as a startup and then express everything through like our design and our products and our experiences so that was that was really cool and of course the relationships and and the uh, connection to the brand yeah no I mean I definitely have noticed that Besito I think everyone is uh, uh, an an aspect that is inherently a part of the brand uh, is your commitment and advocacy for social justice um, in this industry and and just around, but you know, obviously a focus on cannabis. Um, do you, uh, you know, is there anything that uh, really pushed you to do that? Was it like a lack of seeing it at Pepsi and some of these huge things? Is it just kind of who you are and if you're going to build something, you wanted it? Um, yeah. Um, I actually got to do a lot of cool um, sort of impact-focused work at Pepsi and that was something that, that kept me there for a while. And um, Sorry, Pepsi, for assuming it was <laughs> the exact opposite. I, um, by the way, I'm, I like Pepsi more than Coke. I mean it. There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was um, it, it, it's like it's infuriating the more you learn about yeah the history of prohibition and rooted in racism and then obviously the war on drugs and, and mass incarceration mostly of men of color and then the business side that we know and and billions invested and being made and um, the disconnect between the two so Ultimately, um, I we figured out the best way to support is by supporting the people leading the work, and you know connect the brand to it in places, and you know a percent of all sales went to these groups, off, all of them black led, um, who were 
kind of carrying various cannabis equity work across the country. So, yeah, it's been great, and, and we've gotten a lot more companies involved as well. Um, so, it's awesome. Yeah, and amplifying these, these folks, not just the money. So, that's been really great to see everyone getting behind. And, um, you know, especially a year ago now, everyone kind of tuned in, which is welcome, calling them in. Um, and yeah, I feel like we see it and talk about it a lot more now as an industry, which is great. Totally. So, Basito now, as it stands, is a part of Spark. Um, and so I know you've touched on it a little bit, but, uh, you know, obviously you mentioned the supply chain being, uh, an issue and, uh, could you kind of talk through what, what made you interested in, in getting rolled up and then, uh, why Spark is the other thing I'm curious about. Yeah, definitely supply chain driven and, and sort of unit economics with the price pricing pressures that we all know is just margins are slim across cannabis um and i think the it's more important in this market than others i've seen is the of course connection to the plant and so and how difficult it was to sort of outsource manufacturing incentives aren't quite aligned so it was it was definitely about improving the product and the other amazing thing about spark is having our own sales channels um and then why spark is the team by sales channels do you mean retail yeah yeah (laughs) just to to clarify a few of our own dispensaries which is pretty awesome um and yeah the team is great they've been around for a while and the way that they've operated also values led um good people and yes yeah, spark people actually i saw that i could that i'd want to work with yeah when you just said the values spark stands for uh san francisco patient and resource center and so its foundation is very much so medical very much so a patient advocacy focus i know eric uh has spent you know spent two years three years one tuesday a month on the san francisco board of advisors for cannabis and so very much so aligned in just the advocacy aspect mm-hmm. uh with Besito. yeah and and i like how um you know we're building a dynamic portfolio now to have Besito and spark and marigold and farm direct all yeah different sort of california takes um it's fun. I've always wanted to work on a portfolio, so this is like the the dream situation now to have all these pieces in place and, and an awesome team to work with and really build um, a meaningful por- portfolio of products for this market. And your baby's in the portfolio. Yeah. Yeah, Besito, we're going to like, oh, we've had so many concepts, and so we're going to start bringing them to life right away. Um, and and yeah, ha- and have sort of our own channel is super fun. Love it, love it. Well, exciting stuff. Um, thanks for chatting and uh, sharing a little bit about the journey and where you're at. And um, yeah, I guess just uh, last little bit, I would say, since you talked about branding and whatnot, 
I'm kind of curious uh, just what are, uh, let's say, two brands in California right now, July 2021, that you would give a shout out to and why? Um, we're drinking a Wonder here. We really like it. And so I'm going to shout out Wonder as a new brand on my radar. And then an old brand is older, um, Rose Los Angeles. I love them, incredible brand and, and really sort of consistent and unique product. What is it? Um, edibles. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, right on. Well, thank you so much for the time, Maggie. Thanks for chatting. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, very much so. Happy we met. And uh, let's go eat some pizza in Santa Monica now. Happy we met. <laughs>